We are beginning now the second half of today's Chitas. So here we have Balak had hired Bilam. He wanted him to curse the Jews and he tried and he just ended up blessing them. Balak is really upset with Bilam and Bilam says like, what do you want? I told you, I can only tell you what Hashem says to me. So they are trying again. So Balak says, okay, let me take you to another place. There you'll see a part of the Jewish people. You won't see all of them, and maybe they'll be able to curse them from there. Rashi says on this, the Kovno Li, curse them for me. It's a command, curse them. It's not, as Gaari explains, future tense, because we don't know what will be. We don't know what Hashem is going to do here. Pasuk Yadalit, he takes him to state Soifim, the field of Tsoifim, Tsoifim means those that see, to the Rosh HaPisca, the head of the mountain, and there he builds, just like he did before, seven altars, as yesterday's Rashi said, parallel to all the Mizbachos built by Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov in totality. And on each of these seven altars, he offers a par and an ayel, a bull, and a ram. So, state Tsoifim, Raji says it's a high area where a lookout could be stationed to watch. In other words, say, so in the field of the watchers, because people could watch to see if anyone dangerous is approaching. Rosh HaPisca means the peak of the mountain. So why is Balak taking Bilam specifically here? So Raj explains that Balak could see things that Bilam couldn't, meaning Bilam had this power that Hashem spoke to him. But Balak had greater powers of magic, and he knew that the Jews would suffer here. This is where Moshe died. So he thought, oh, what's going to happen is they're going to get a curse, and this is going to cause their problems. So they didn't get a curse, and this is going to cause their problems, but yes, something bad did happen to the Jews there, as he saw. So people that see like that often see and misinterpret or see pieces, but don't get really what's going on. The next Pasuk, and Bilam says to Balak, okay, you stay by the Karbanos. I'm going to go and hopefully Hashem will come to me. Ikara koi, I'll be called by chance, meaning from Hashem. And Ikara is Ispael, it's reflexive, I will be called. And in the next, because of course he didn't know, as Raj explained to us on Wednesday, normally Hashem only comes to him at night, and here he's like trying to force Hashem's hand, so to speak, and Hashem come to him by day. So, I don't know, hopefully Hashem will come to me. The next Pasuk, 16, Vayakar, Hashem happened, so to speak, to chance to Bilam, and he puts words in his mouth, and he said, go to Bilam, go to Balak, and say to him as follows. So Rashi says, what do you mean he puts the words in his mouth? I mean, he should just say, he said, go to Bilam and talk. But the point is, when Bilam hears that he can't curse the Jews, and he's actually going to say positive things, he's like, oh my gosh, I should go back to Balak and say these words? This will just make Balak more upset. So Hashem put the words in his mouth, like you would an animal, you put a rein and a bit in the mouth of an animal, and you lead him where you want. So Hashem led Bilam back to Balak to say these words that he knew Balak did not want to hear. 17. So he comes back, and Balak is standing by the Karbanos. And it says, and the officers of Mayav are with him. And then Balak says to him, so new, what Hashem tell you? So first of all, Rashi points out that here it says the officers of Mayav. Previously, Wednesday's portion, 
in a very, you know, the, the first time around, it was a very similar situation, but it said all the officers. So why now it doesn't say all? Very obviously, because some already got smart and said this is hopeless, something good is going to come from this, and they left. But others stayed, some of them. So now Bullock says to him these very sort of mocking words, Rashi points out. They're like saying, you're not your own master. What Hashem say? Meaning you don't, you're not the boss here. It's just what Hashem tells you to say. Which, of course, is true. And, of course, uh, was salted his wounds of Bilam. So Bilam is going to now give over this Nevoah. And, of course, he was upset with Bullock now for mocking him. So Bilam said to Bullock, get up, Bullock, and here, listen to me, son of Tipor. So Rashi says, what is he saying, get up, Balak? Because he was upset with him. You just shtecht me. You just made a put down to me. So I'm saying, you stand up. I'm giving over the words of Hashem. What are you sitting for? It's not proper. Beno Tzipor. Beno Tzipor doesn't really make sense. Beno means his son. His son Tzipor. No, actually Tzipor was his father. But Rashi says the Chumash uses this style of adding this vav, at the end of a word, which L'chaira is possessive masculine, which doesn't really mean possessive masculine, but we do have various proofs where this is stylistic of the Chumash. 19th Pasuk. So this is the Nevuah. Hashem is not like a man that he should act falsely. He's not mortal that he should change his mind. Would he say and not do it? Would he speak and not fulfill it? So Rashi says, Lo ish v'goymer. means it really doesn't just apply in those words. It applies in the whole continuation. Hashem already promised to bring them into Eretz Yisrael and to give them Eretz Yisrael. You think you can change this? You think you can have Hashem kill them all out in the midbar? So it's not just on the words lo ish. It's the whole phrase. Lo ish kel Hahu amar v'lo Again, hahu amar v'goymer. Meaning it's on this whole phrase. Is, is he going to retract and reconsider and retract and reconsider? This isn't what Hashem's going to do. This is what people do. In other words, this isn't a question. This is a statement. Men do this. They change their mind. They reconsider. But this isn't Hashem. Continuing the Nevoah. Hinei varech lakachti uveirech. Lo ashivenu. Behold, I was commanded to bless, and when he has blessed, I cannot revert it. So you said to me, Balak, what did Hashem tell you? This is what he told me. I was commanded to bless him. When he has blessed, I can't reverse it. You want me to turn this around and give him curses. I can't do that. I can't change his brachas. Uveirech, this is a sort of long grammatical issue here because this is a very unusual construction. Uveirech is not how it is generally ever. And basically, what it means here is that this is a verb, PL, active, like causing something to happen. It's masculine, it's singular. And it's third person. And it's very unusual construction because of the resh, meaning the letters of the sherish are beige, resh, and chaf. Why is resh problematic? Because in PL, in the PL construction, 
the middle letter of the shayresh takes a dugesh. But a resh can't take a dugesh. So therefore, we have to change the normal nikud, P-A-O. In other words, the, the way that label of that construction is, is the nikud. P-A-L means the first letter of the Pe'apoyal has a chirik, and the second letter of the Ayanapoyal has a tzirik. But the Ayanapoyal is also supposed to have a dugish, and the race can't take a dugish. So therefore, we change the chirik to a tzirik. So therefore, this becomes tzirik, tzirik. The first letter has a tzirik to complement, to make up for the second letter that can't take a dugish. And the second letter has a tzirik, because P-L, the second letter has a tzirik. So this is very, very, very unusual. It's only two times in the whole Tanakh that we have it written exactly this way, which is why, as Rashi says, some hold that virich is a noun. But Rashi says, no, it's not a noun. It is a verb, and it is a P-L verb. And because of the race, that's why the construction is so unusual. Next pasuk, continuing the nevuah, lo hibit avim biyakov, lo ra amal biyisrael, Hashem elokav imo truas melech bo. One doesn't see evil towards in Yaakov. He, Hashem, does not see sinners or sin in Yisrael. Hashem is his, his Hashem is with him, and he has the friendship of the king. So the first phrase, lo hibit avim biyakov v'goymer. One doesn't see sinners in Yaakov. So Rashi first says, understand it as Unkelis, which Unkelis explains this to mean you don't see you don't see idol worshippers in the house of Yaakov. Then Rashi gives another explanation besides Unkelis's, which is that Hashem doesn't see evil in the house of Yaakov, meaning when the Jews are sinning, he doesn't see the evil. He doesn't focus on the evil. He's not going to be so exacting on exactly what they did wrong and how exactly they violated the rules. He doesn't see sin in Yisrael. Sarash explains that Amo means in Avera, it means sin. Hashem Elokav Imo, Hashem, his Hashem is with him. Rosh explains, even when the Yidin sin, even when they're rebellious, Hashem's still going to be with us. He's not going to leave us. Usuras Melechbo, he has the king's friendship. So Rashi explains this. That Shrua means Reus. It's a short of Reus, which means friendship. And he gives you a proof that Re'e means friends. A few, two quotes, actually, to prove this. And he also brings Unkwas as a support. And Unkwas explains this to mean Hashem's, the king's presence is among them. It's a very similar idea. Hashem who brought them out of Mitzrayim. He, well, there's a few ways to translate this. He has shown great strength. He has shown his great strength to them. So, Mitzrayim. Rosh explains that Bullock said to Bilam, oh my gosh, look, this nation came out of Mitzrayim. So Bilam is, so to speak, responding. Not that Bilam's responding, but Hashem is responding. They didn't leave by themselves. Hashem delivered them from Mitzrayim with great nisim. You're, you're tiny, they left Mitzrayim. Hashem took them out. So Rashi gives us at least two explanations here in this Rashi. First, like the power of his loftiness, of his elevation, which means something very, very strong. So Raji here says, 
is like the ofis, the birds fly, meaning flying takes a lot of power. Flying is a very high level of, of elevation. So this phrase generally, therefore, means the tremendous strength, the tremendous power that Hashem has that he's showing to them. Another explanation is this is like the strength of the re'emim. Now, re'em is an animal. There's machlekes. Is it a reindeer? Is it a unicorn? Is it a buffalo? It's some type of animal, some type of tall animal with a big horn or some type of horn. So what Rashi doesn't here mean that the phrase means like the strength of the re'em animal because it wouldn't really make sense to compare Hashem's strength to a re'em because whatever you think a re'em means, there are animals that are stronger. If we want to say the strong animal, we could have a different comparison. But the Rabbanim explained that the re'emim actually could mean the shindalits, these, like, evil spirits. That's what we're comparing this to here. Now, why would we be comparing this power of Hashem to this idea of something which is a, a negative spirit? What will be the point of that? But everything obviously has a, a, a positive end or a, a way of understanding it. So we could say here that the Re'emim, one explanation is because these Shindal is like live on earth but ascend to the heavens, like the Re'em, a tall animal. Or it could mean like Hashem's strength is so strong, it's manifest through all these powerful messengers like these Shindalids. Well, of course, Hashem's strength is a lot more strong than that. But because we're human, we need to sort of connect it to something we have a grip on and we can understand. So this will be something a little more understandable to us than the infinity of Hashem himself. Lindavu goes on, Kilo nachash biyakov, v'lokesem biyisrael, k'esi amar liyakov liyisrael, mapa al-kel. For there's no sorcery in Yaakov, there's no magical powers against Yisrael. In time, it will be said to Yaakov and Yisrael, what has Hashem done? So, Kilo Nachash Yaakov, there's no sorcery in Yaakov. So, Hashem is saying here, according to Rashi, Rashi is saying, they deserve to be blessed because they don't use these evils. Sorceries, magicians are evil, and they don't fall, they don't go in that way. So, that's why they deserve to be blessed. In time will be said to Yaakov. So there's going to be another time, like this time, when their preciousness will be revealed before everyone. In other words, now, they're in the Midbar. We see how much Hashem loves them. Look at all the miracles happening in the Midbar, the Ananim, the Man, the Be'er. So in the future, by Mashiach, Everyone's going to see Hashem studying Torah with the Yidin. The, the Yidin are going to be closer than the Malachim. So this is what it means that they will be asked, what has Hashem done? Because the Malachim will be asking the Yidin, what's Hashem doing? Because by Mashiach, we're going to see Hashem. We're going to be up close, front, center. Everyone's going to turn to us. Even the Malachim will be trying to us to ask us about Hashem because we're going to be closer than they are. So that's the first explanation. Another explanation, when it's, Rashi says, when it says, Ka'es, like in time, we said to Yaakov and Yisrael, Rashi says, doesn't mean by Mashiach, but it means now. 
again, the first half of the Pasuk said the Jews are so special, they don't go for magic. And the second half is saying the Yidin don't go for magic because they don't need, obviously it's wrong, and they don't need to turn to these evil forces to know what's happening because we have Nevi'im that tell us, we have the Urim Vitumim that tells us, we already have a direct connection with Hashem to know what's going on, what Hashem has done. We don't need to go through this klipa, this negative way. And then Raji says, Unglis doesn't explain it this way at all, because the way Unglis explains it is that these magical forces, these forces of klipa, don't benefit the Yidin. Only Hashem benefits the Yidin. Okay, we... Mm, I'm going to try to push, maybe I'll just say very, very fast. We're towards the end. Um, one more Pasuk of the Nevuah. Behold, the people that rise up like a young lion, lifts itself up like a lion. He does not lie down until it devours its prey and drinks the blood of its kill. That was the end of the Nevuah. Rashi says there are people that rise up like a young lion, meaning in the morning we get up vigorous like a lion to snatch the mitzvahs like Paula, Shmat, Philin. And similarly, Rashi explains this idea of not lying down until devouring the prey. One explanation is that we don't go to sleep until we destroy any harmful spirit that could attack us because we read the Shema, we give over our neshama to Hashem, and we know that Hashem is protecting us. Another way of understanding this, Rashi says, is like Unculus looks at it, that Unculus says we're as powerful as the lions, that we're not going to rest in our land until we kill out all the Goyim and take their property. And when it speaks about drinking the blood of the kill, it means Moshe, that Moshe won't lie down, meaning he won't pass away until he drinks the blood of the kill of the Midianite kings, and of Bilam, because these are, of course, the ones that are going to turn at the end of this parsha and do tremendous evil, cause tremendous evil to be done to the Jewish people. And Moshe won't lie down, as it says very clearly, that Moshe's death is contingent on first taking this revenge of Hashem Hechalsu from the Midianite kings and of Bilam. Okay, so... Bilam finishes his nevuah, and Balak is really upset and said, don't curse them and don't bless them, which Rashi explains, why do we have also, also, because there's two also's here. Also don't curse and also don't bless. Just better be silent. And Bilam says, didn't I tell you that I can only do what Hashem tells me to do? End of the Chumash of today.